Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Outer World Show, sharing the latest news, interesting tips, and hidden lore about the Outer Worlds. I'm your host, Sebastian Azaro, and today we're talking all about corporations. Now, this is a topic I wanted to do right away, as it seems like the corporations and the board will have a humongous role in this game. So let's review what we know about these entities so far. and most efficient structure history has ever shown us. Scheduled scarcity is a premium feature of colonial life. The colony must never lose faith. That is what the board provides. Security in a senseless and chaotic world. So, before we even get into the game, let's talk about corporations as a business entity. So a corporation, you just think of it as a company, as a business, but it has a really specific definition. Corporation is a business entity owned by shareholders and run by a board of directors. So you have people who own stock in the company. That could be anybody who can buy a share or a part of the company, and then they hire or elect a board of directors, so a small group of people, to run the day-to-day business of that corporation. Think of Apple and how people might own shares of Apple, but they hire the board of directors or elect the board of directors to actually do the running of the business. Your uncle who owns two shares of Apple isn't making any huge business decisions on what the next iPhone is going to be. So you could think about corporations in, in that kind of sense. They are two aspects, the shareholders and the board of directors. Now in the game, when we talk about the board with a capital B, we mean the board of directors of the Halcyon Holding Corporation. This is the top board, the super board, the one board to rule all boards. And it's made up of CEOs of 10 different smaller corporations. So you have the overarching Halcyon Holding Corporation, which is the one that bought and is developing the colony. And then you have all these smaller corporations who make up that group. And we'll go into all of those smaller corporations in a minute. But let's keep getting this idea of a corporation and how they actually run the colony before we move on to specifics. So the Halcyon Holding Corporation, the board with a capital B, is the one, as I said, is developing the colony, terraforming the planet, and hiring all the employees to live and work and play in the colony. And they run this colony in a company town model. So you might be asking, you might not be familiar with that. You might be asking, what is that? A company town is a place where all of the stores and housing are owned by the one company who is also the main employer of all the people within the town. So think of the Wild West or the turn of the century. There's a small town out there that has a saloon, a general store, a church, maybe a schoolhouse. And all of those are run by the one mining company in town. The teachers are hired by the mining company. All the supplies are supplied by that company. The food that you eat is supplied by that company. And everybody who lives in the town are also employees of the company. 
receiving their salaries from the company and giving it right back through the goods and services that they buy. Company towns are often planned with a suite of amenities, all provided by that one company. So these kind of went out of fashion, obviously with the rise of workers' rights and the idea of strong unions. But two company towns still exist in the U.S. today. Both Baghdad and Morency, Arizona are owned by the Freeport McMoran Mining Company. And most of the people within those towns are actually employed by the company. And the company owns all the amenities, the markets, the recreational facilities, the, the bars, the restaurants, all provided by that company. So making the comparison to the game, the Halcyon Colony is also a company town of sorts, as everything is run by these corporations that make up the Halcyon Holding Corporation. The board, with a capital B, runs everything in the colony, from the supply shops, to the saloons, to ammunitions and guns. They have total control. You could see why this might be convenient in some ways. If you're an employee, you know that y you can wholly rely on your, s your employer to provide everything that you'll ever need. But on the other hand, there's a fine line between employees and slaves. I mean, how do you handle something like, the r like raising the price of milk or slashing wages? How do you handle all of those when everything in the economy of that town are all so intertwined and connected? And there's just like, there's something a little off and it makes you question the freedom a little bit when the people who are giving you your wages are taking all that money back just so that you can live. It gets you a little uneasy. So it will be interesting to see how all of that works out with the colonists on Halcyon and their employers of the board and the corporations. This is going to be a very big part of this game, I feel, and one of the more complex relationships that might permeate throughout all of the storylines in the game. I can't wait to see how this develops as we get closer and actually get our hands on the game to see which factions are siding with who and how the workers are going to be involved in all of this. It's going to be fascinating to see how Obsidian actually carves this out and creates this world. So, enough of a history lesson, enough of the real world stuff. Let's get into the actual board and the corporations that make it up, and a little bit of details on each one. So, let's start with the Halcyon Company, where not much is known. The Halcyon Company itself is part of the Halcyon Holding Corporation, and they make ammunition mostly. Ammunition and guns, it looks like. They make Vulcan high-grade armor-piercing premium cartridges, as they say, which is uh, looks sounds like top-of-the-line stuff. The other thing we know about them, they apparently have some sort of relation to Chairman Rockwell and Minister Clark, two characters that we don't know too much about. Chairman Rockwell's name is going to come up a little bit later, too, so it'll be interesting to see how these corporations and the people running them work within each other and kind of have overlap. The next corporation is Auntie Cleo's, which is specializes in food and pharmaceuticals, consumables mostly. Their motto is better than nature. So you can see that they'll be selling the food that you eat and kind of health bonuses, maybe some sort of buffs to your character, which kind of gets me, gives me a Bioshocky feeling, but maybe not, maybe not. Maybe it's just like in Fallout where you could take Jet or Buff Out and get that buff to your character while you're going into uh, different situations. 
So Auntie Cleo's is um, kind of gives that wholesome look in their advertisement. But as we know, all these corporations are they're not, anything but wholesome. <laughs> Next up, we have Rizzo's, which you can see in a couple of the trailers, the big electric buzzing sign. They own a couple of um, couple of brands, uh, Purple Berry Punch and Rizzo's Spectrum Vodka, both alcohol. And I'm very curious about the effects of alcohol in this game. In New Vegas and the different Fallout games, alcohol would give you different buffs, but it would also take away as well. Your intelligence would fall that would go down a little bit, um, while your strength goes up and your charisma goes up, which is a funny way of showing the effects of alcohol on on people through gameplay. Rizzo's is going to be supplying some alcohol for our characters, including Spectrum Vodka, a glass for every class. Again, in the advertising, you can see how they're trying to cater to that working man so that they show, oh, you have options. You want this. This is for you. Like when in reality, they own everything in the town. This isn't a working man at all. It's going to be interesting to see how these kind of corporations such as Rizzo's here advertise and try to make themselves seem like they're all wholesome and have the best interests of the workers at heart when in reality they're just trying to make money i assume i i, I gotta say that i gotta put that caveat in I'm, I'm assuming a lot of things here again we only have so many details so until this game comes out i'm just speculating a lot uh, and i'd love to hear what you guys think as well whether you have similar thoughts or whether you think i'm off my rocker and it's something completely different the last corporation that kind of makes up the board that we know of right now is Spacer's Choice. Now, Spacer's Choice has the motto, it's not the best choice, it's Spacer's Choice. <laughs> and the other one, taste the freedom with Spacer's Choice, now with extra added artificial ingredients at no extra cost. So Spacer's Choice is kind of the generic brand that kind of, again, that everyman brand of goods that your character can use and they're trying to position themselves as a common good and brand of the people. Now, they make everything as cheap as possible, but it's not very durable. So we could see some gameplay mechanics within their branding as well. If the weapons that they make aren't very durable, then there might be some sort of repair feature that you have to use, whether that's repair kits or going to a shop. It's going to be interesting to see whether how deep that system is and whether it's a good choice to go with Spacer's Choice and go cheap or to try to go maybe to the Halcyon Company or something a little more high branded, maybe a little bit more expensive, but worth it so that you don't have to constantly repair your, your gear. Spacer's Choice is also a subsidiary of the Universal Defense Logistics, UDL, another company whose chair happens to be Chairman Rockwell from the Halcyon Company. So that's that overlap. The parent company of Spacer's Choice is also chaired by Chairman Rockwell. So there's some connections between Spacer's Choice and the Halcyon Company with UDL and also they're all underneath the Halcyon Holding Corporation. It's going to be interesting to see this web and see where everybody lies, who's tied with who, and what motives those bring out with, within the board, let alone the board against non-corporation entities and the employees themselves. Speaking of non-corporation entities, we have two corporations who aren't necessarily part of the board. 
and they both happen to be found on Monarch. Now, if you remember from last episode, Monarch is the wilds. It's the failed original colony of the board, where they tried to terraform it and failed and caused all of the natural flora and fauna to grow substantially. All of the native creatures grew super aggressive. It's going to be the wasteland, quote unquote, that you have to go explore. After all of that happened, the board left, leaving two corporations behind. The first one is called Sublight Shipping and Salvage Corporation. Now, I'm going to read the description from the fandom.com wiki, and I'll let you kind of think about what this means. Sublight is a network of quote-unquote salvagers with business ties to transportation and waste disposal. A tangled web of contractors and secretive vice presidents make up their official hierarchy, leaving no one to speak on the record about Sublight's more legally dubious activities. Did you catch that? Transportation, waste disposal, salvagers? These guys are the mob. They're the mob of Monarch, and they're using Sublight Shipping and Salvage as their front. A little cover so that they can look like they're legit. Well, in the background, they're doing all their dubious activities. They're making hits. They're doing, uh, I don't know, illegal gambling. All those kind of mob things you would think of from right in New Jersey are right there in Monarch as well and coming straight from Sublight Shipping. Seeing this faction gets me so excited. I'm immediately remembering Benny from Fallout New Vegas and his attitude where he had that Vegas flair but was still like that connected guy. I think this has so much potential for some really memorable characters and I'm really excited to start getting investigating what they're all about. The other corporation that was left behind might also sound familiar to you, Monarch Stellar Industries. So Monarch Stellar was the corporation that used that legal loophole to take over the entirety of Monarch. We talked about it a little bit last episode, and we're definitely going to talk about it in the future. The more I started looking into Monarch Stellar, the more intrigued I became. They're led by Sanjar Nandi, who took control of the board of Monarch Stellar. Once the other companies left due to something called the Hazard Clause, Monarch Stellar took over through that legal loophole and rebranded into the company we know today. The board, with a capital B, Big Board, who all left, was pissed and imposed an embargo on Monarch. So the board on Halcyon does not trade with Monarch and kind of left them out there and Monarch Stellar to try to fend for themselves, all in retaliation for using this loophole to take control of the planet. Now... You might be thinking, yeah, they should be pissed. Like Monarch Stellar kind of broke ranks and kind of went on their own, went on their own and tried to do it themselves and were greedy to take over a whole planet. But there's so much more backstory. Like their chairman of their board, Sanjar, Sanjar Nandi, he values democratic rights and workers' rights and employees' rights and is trying to bring that through Monarch to Halcyon. He's a big proponent of the people, an actual proponent of the people from what we see so far. So it might not have been such a bad thing that they used a little dubious, a little devious scheme to take over the planet because in the end, they're doing something good for the people. Now, 
In the future, in a few weeks, we're going to do a whole episode on Sanjar Nandi and Monarch Stellar and how he took control and his relationship with his partner who – there's just a whole entire backstory there that's enough for an episode of its own. So we're going to hold off on continuing to de- dive deep into Monarch Stellar. But hang on. Like we're getting there. We're going to do bite-sized pieces, as I said on last episode, and I just want to give you enough to, to digest and think about and build on that so that we can keep building that foundation and be fully prepared for when the game comes out. So that's it. That, that's what we're going to end with. We're going to end with the four corporations within the board and two on Monarch who aren't necessarily on the board but seem to be some of the most interesting corporations in the game. Everything Obsidian says, you can side with any of these guys. You can side with none of these guys. You can pit them against each other. You can kill them all off. The choices are going to be yours. So learning about them and trying to get a little bit of an idea of what their motives are makes it that much more fun in choosing what you want to do when the time comes to take action. All right. It's enough for corporations. It's enough for today. Let's get to the news. Hey friends, this is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple months with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step through the background of the games and the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcast, reader, podcatcher, whatever you use, iTunes, Spotify. Again, that's the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, available everywhere. Okay, before I get into the small piece of news that I have... I would say that what blows anything that I could possibly say out of the water and what I can't show you is all of the gameplay that came out of Gamescom. So Obsidian and Private Division flew out a ton of YouTubers, a ton of um, uh, members of the press to come and play an hour to an hour and a half of an early build of the game of Monarch and just let them loose kind of. I spent the past two weeks watching all of the different types of gameplay from every source that I can because each video that has been posted is a little different. Everybody went in a slightly different way or had a different conversation, which is kind of mind-blowing. Think about the amount of playthroughs that it would take to see everything in this game. So the one thing, even if you don't listen to the rest of this episode, you don't listen to the news, one thing I will say, go online Type in Outer Worlds gameplay, demo, anything at this point, and videos will come up of the gameplay. It is awesome to see this game in action, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. And to top it all off, all of the reviews are awesome, are amazing. Everybody's saying such good things about it. I've watched, like I said, I've watched probably a half dozen to maybe 10 of these videos already. I'm going to watch another half dozen to 10 after this. And 
no one's really has no one really has any major critiques of the, what they've seen. Sure, it's an early build of the game. Now the game's not out for another six weeks or so, but where it is now, the sheer scope of what you can do in this game is blowing people away. Again, I cannot wait to get my hands on this game. I cannot wait to share with the experience with other people and just have the conversation. Oh, you talk to this person? What'd you do here? What what happened here? You take the left or right path. I mean, it's that to the hundredth degree. And the conversations and the exploration that you could have is just going to be fantastic. So go check out the gameplay videos. Go do that. Pause the podcast. Come back. I'll wait here. Okay, you're back. So the other small piece of news that I have comes from a site called GameReactor.eu. And they just make a point of saying Obsidian's hiring. They have a team of 200 already. They're getting more people on board. They're expanding the team, which is only a good thing for the support of this game. As we know in today's day and age, game releases are often buggy and faulty and it's really hit or miss whether a game developer can make up for any faults on the fly with day one patches or explanations of how certain aspects work. By expanding their team already, Obsidian's trying to get ahead of that. And that only makes me feel better that this will be a clean launch and allow us to enjoy the best possible version of this game. And that's all I got for news for this week. Like I said, it's a small news week as far as written news, but the gameplay, that's the big story here. Go check it out again. Next week, we're going to go a little bit more in depth on the gameplay with the unique flaw system. This is something that's unique to this game and has the potential to really be a game changer. So I'm excited to dive in and explain it all to you. As always, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you want me to keep going with this kind of show, if you want to learn more about the Outer Worlds, rate us and review us on iTunes. Everyone says that. I understand. Every podcaster ever has said rate and review on iTunes. But for a small show like this that's really trying to get its feet off the ground, a few iTunes reviews can be all the difference as to whether we can keep going and I can keep going with this or whether it fades off. So if you have iTunes, if you have anything really, just rate it and review it wherever you're listening. I'd really appreciate it. You could also drop by on the Robots Radio Discord. Uh, We're having conversations there about the game. uh, And we'd really love to have you and start talking. Start getting that chatter up. Start getting that hype up. The link is in the show notes. So click on that, join the Discord, and just pop in and say hi. Speaking of the Robots Radio Network... Check out all the shows on there. We have a bunch of Fallout shows such as Chad at Fallout 76 Story and Out of the Vault and the Fallout Lorecast. I mean, how could I forget that? Um, And then we have a bunch of other things. We have movie podcasts now. We have Elder Scrolls. We have radio dramas. And we have Hidden Pixels, my other show, where we're telling small side stories from games that you might not have reached on your first playthrough. Check them all out at the Robots Radio Discord or robotsradio.net. And again, thanks for stopping by. I, as I say every week, I am so hyped for this game. I'm ready for it to come out. I'm ready to get my hands on it. But until then, we'll just keep chatting about it. So I'll see you next week. Thanks.
This has been an episode of The Outer World Show, a part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network. All music and sounds are property of Obsidian Entertainment, and no copyright infringement is intended. Other musical credits can be found in our show notes or at our website on anchor.fm. You can find the show on any major podcast service, such as iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.